and we're back with another episode of Franchise My Business, the podcast for franchisors, hosted by franchisors. I'm your host, Kevin Oldham, and today we're going to dig into home renovation. Home renovation is, I think, something that's going to be more and more in demand, even more so than we were in the peak of the pandemic. Because when interest rates are increasing and people can't move from their homes, a lot of times they will look at making some improvements. We've got a phenomenal founder on, founder and CEO of Renovation Cells. With the word cells in there, you can kind of think, hey, they're positioning things to sell. But my gut tells me that they're also going to have a lot of people that stay in place over the coming years. So without further ado, please help me welcome Mark. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael. And you go by Mike, right? Correct. All right. So we'll just call you Mike <laughs> Valenti to the show. Mike, welcome, sir. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Let's talk about the name of your biz. Renovation Cells, why don't you just tell us what it is that you do and why the business is called that. Yep, so our whole business model is around doing quick cosmetic updates to houses right before they get listed for sale. And the idea is that pretty finished homes sell faster and for more money. Uh, so Renovation Cells is definitely what that encompasses. But to your point earlier, we don't just do renovation for houses that are going for sale. We also do renovations for people who are moving into their house or people who are staying in their home. Now, the key difference between us and some other remodelers is really what we like to focus on is cosmetic renovations. So we're not interested in those long drawn out projects, architectures, inspections, full plans and ripping down walls and, and building additions. What we really want to do is take a space, put a great thoughtful design behind it, and do quick makeovers. So we don't want to remove your cabinets. We want to paint your cabinets. We want to yeah. change your countertops in place. We're all about cosmetic renovations, either for sale or for the homeowner in general. And what I heard that you didn't say in that process is a little bit more affordable than you know wholesale, hey, we're going to take out our cabinets. And that's probably something that I think is attractive to people in today's world, not it, not just preparing for a sale, but also for somebody who wants to stay in place. It's like, hey, you know, if capital get, cost of capital goes up, people don't necessarily have as much available. So are you guys starting to see um, a bigger percentage of people who are kind of staying in place uh, in, in, in lieu of moving? Without question. And what you said earlier yeah. is true, right? So like the cost to do a kitchen the way we do it in place renovation can be a third of the cost of what a full remodel would be. But what you really can get is the same exact look because a lot of times the layouts and the footprints are, are pretty much what you can have in a particular space. The problem is, is that it can be 10, 15, 20 years dated. So it just doesn't yeah. look up to date. Now to your second question, do you see more people staying in your homes? Absolutely. If you get into the current economics of what's going on in the residential real estate market, you know, really what we have is a frozen housing market. You know, we have people that are drunk on low interest rates. I think something like 90% of the country has a, a rate that's under 5% and 70% of the country has a rate that's under, uh, under 4%. And what you're doing is you have this lock-in effect. So people don't want to move because even a lateral move from one house to the next house at the same price is going to cost them exponentially more to live there. So people aren't leaving or bringing their house to market. But what you are seeing is, is that people still like their house, but maybe what they don't like about it is they don't like the look. So how can you take that house without doing major construction? You can do the facelift that we do, achieve the same look at a third of the cost. I absolutely love that. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah, and I think that there's a huge component that would, you know, there's a huge 
segment of people that that's got to be super attractive to. Um, particularly like if you buy like an older home or something like that. I'm thinking back to like my very first home. My very first home was a post-World War II home. You know, it was built in the 1940s. What was the very first thing that I did to it? I came in and I painted the cabinets. I, I did a lot of the things that you guys do. I just did it myself because I was a 20-something-year-old kid, right? right. Um, but now, like, there's people that do that, and uh, I think I think that's really cool. I think that's really, really cool because you're helping people build more equity in their homes and whatnot. How did you decide to get into this business? Well, that, that goes back to a little bit more of the, the history, which is a, is a great question. So I've been a licensed realtor and a licensed general contractor for 15 years, since 2007. Um, I've done lots of different investments, developments, but we always also did for hire general contracting work. And for a long time, I just was a for hire general contractor on traditional type products, big projects where we would do additions and we would do gut rehabs of houses that took a year or longer. Um, and we ended up working with uh, a designer here in Chicago who did really high-end work. Uh, we did high-end projects, uh, but what comes with really high-end projects is you have high-end problems. So I call some of those I, I, I call some of those projects brain damage. Um, yes. So you know we learned our design side that way. Love design, love construction, love the whole process. Just didn't like the long lead times, the plans, the permits, the execution of it. The other side of that is, is we always sold our business into realtors and that's, that's how we sell today too. We target the top 500 realtors in any given market, control 90% of the market. So let's just become and make great relationships with those realtors and they'll bring us our whole book of business. But realtors along the way, you know, from 2012 up till 2018 always said, hey, can you paint cabinets or change counters? It's something we initially shied away from, but we kept getting asked to do it. So we just said, sure, we can do this. It's easy for us. And when we looked at the margins on it, we realized that, hey, these really facelift projects, number one, they're easier than the bigger projects. Number two, they have really good margins on them. And you know, when we were creating renovation sales, at least the corporate model, we were just kind of at that tipping point. It was like, we didn't really want to do high-end custom projects for, for high net worth people anymore, but we love design and we love renovations and we love the, the before and afters. So that was like the aha moment. Like, why don't we take all the things we love about construction and eliminate all the things we don't. And so because we had always done projects facelifting for realtors, we said, well, why don't we just stop taking big high-end projects and just tell all the realtors we know that we'll facelift their houses before they get listed for sale. So hence, we facelift houses before they get listed for sale. Hence, Renovation Sales was born in 2018. You know, we had a good first year, but then we exploded in the second year. And we really had something that we were like, well, how do we scale this? And we came across the franchising model. I'm not from the franchising world. I love entrepreneurship. It's a very entrepreneurial driven model. And I said, franchising is what we're gonna do. We literally took about 30 minutes, my wife and I, to decide that we were gonna franchise. I'm a true entrepreneur where, you know, I'll jump off the roof and figure out how to fly while I'm falling. I said, that's what we're gonna do and that was it. And so we started franchising in 2020. And today we've got 45 locations in 23 states and here I am. Bless your heart, man. And, you know, bless our wives' hearts, right? And I know you work with your wife. Uh, you know, there's got to be a lot of trust when us crazy entrepreneurs come back, come in, you know, from a run or whatever we're doing. We're like, hey, we're going to do fill in the blank. And they got to look at us and be like, okay, Mr. Visionary, how are we going to get this done? <laughs> That's the question that I always get asked. But I, I, I think it's super cool that you work with your spouse. And so Amanda is your chief marketing officer, 
as uh, well as chief, and chief operating officer. She's really and COO. Well, All right, yeah, she's the glue. She does both. She's right? glue. She's the glue. Not only that, is she's the wheels. You know, I've got all these yeah. crazy ideas. You know, but like ask me to put a process around one of those ideas and, you know, good luck. Uh, you know, yeah. but I think similar to you, like I just spew with ideas and with direction and I know and to make quick decisions, but I can't actually put put all those pieces together to, to out to roll it out. You know, so, yeah. you know, how do I work with my wife is kind of what you were getting at. And, and, and you said, God bless us. But it's, it's really she's very good at things that I'm very bad at and vice versa. Yeah. You know, and, and so we cool. we kind of stay out of each other's way, even though we, we work together like she runs her team. I do my thing. And, you know, I don't I don't micromanage what she does. She she she's got her side without question. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the you know, there's a good book that I've mentioned on this podcast before, and I don't know if you've read it. Um, it's called Rocket Fuel by Gina Wickman. And he's also the inventor of traction, you know, the, the operating system that you can install into sure. businesses. And, you know, listeners, if you if you hear us crazy visionaries, you're hearing a common theme because typically it's the visionary CEO that's a guest on here. And the most successful franchisors have an integrator. Integrator is typically the yin to the yang, the fire to the water, the 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 process and make stuff happen person versus the person coming by with the grandiose visions on where we're going to take the organization. And that really is the key to a successful business. Like I, I believe that it's really, really challenging to, to do too much, make too big of a dent with just visionaries at the table. <laughs> any business, a lot of any business, you need, yeah, you need yeah, an operator. Yeah. You know, you need a leader, you need a visionary, and then you need someone that can take that vision and op and, and put it into play. And most, yeah. and I'm not saying all, but a lot of entrepreneurs that I speak to, just like yourself, you know, they're very clear and understand what they're good at. And then mm -hmm. they give off what they're bad at. And, you know, yeah. I, I was always very clear about, look, I'm not the operator. You don't want me to operate. You want me to yep. think, move, make decisions and lead. And that's what I'm good at. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about your um, your timing in this business. So, you know, it's a pretty common thing since we specialize in interviewing emerging franchisors. A lot of these franchise systems came up. And we're hatched during the middle of a of a global pandemic, which is you know just a certain external variable that you know puts a different flavor on business. But my question for you is, you know, as a result of that, and I believe that your economic current scenario is because we stopped the world for six weeks, and you know the backlog. We're just seeing what happens. Hey, that was the world's biggest experiment that we've never done, and here's what we're going to live with. What have you guys seen? So like particularly, you know, I'm in real estate. I love real estate. I know what's happening in real estate right now. I see it in my neighborhood where, you know, we're, we're, we actually have a bunch of spec houses going up in my neighborhood. It blows my mind. And they're getting absorbed. Like there are still buyers. No question. I mean, transactions are still happening. What are you guys seeing? Are you seeing a decrease? Like from your realtors, if they're your main source of deal flow, like is the business continuing to grow from the real estate, you know, driven transaction side of the biz? Because people still got to move, you know, houses still need to be fixed up. It just may not be, it may be a need, not a want. Yeah, right? I, think, I think what you get is, you know, because we do both sides, right? Like we right. do the pre-sale side and then we do the four buyer side and then we do the, the side that the, where the people stay. And again, it's all got to be right. cosmetic. That's never going to go away. You know, right. I think what you deal with more 
our external market influences, yes, high rates. So if people need to get a loan to pay for it, it's more expensive. You know, the right. stock market yesterday, the S&P was, was flat for the whole year. It lost all its gains. So when people are waiting, <laughs> right, like how to, how to pay for something, you know, the right. need and demand will forever and is always going to be there for some sort of construction, period. The problem is, is the cost of capital and what it costs people to remodel. So what you get is you still have high level of interest. It just becomes a tad bit harder to sell the construction just because of the fact that people are thinking twice. But it doesn't mean, you know, if someone can't leave their house, right, or doesn't want to leave their house because they're locked into that three and a half percent. Or I've heard people, I've heard somebody the other day said they were at like a two and two quarters. And I thought that was nuts. That's you. That's me. Two and a quarter. Oh, yeah. We've got like a two and a half. Uh, like we looked at our, it's so okay. low. It's Maybe it was like 2.75, but it's so low that I'm like, yeah, we, we never planned on moving. Like we built our forever house in 2010, so yeah. we don't care. Yeah. But we, if we wanted to move right now, we wouldn't. No. Because but of that. You still may want to update. So like you have yeah. this, you have this, and maybe you don't want to rip apart your whole kitchen and add an addition yeah. because you're not leaving anywhere. So what's the next best option is, well, how about I paint my cabinets, change my counters, do a backsplash, add new light fixtures. You can yeah, have feel good. results. So to your question was, do we see a, a down? We, we, see, we don't see a downturn in opportunities. The opportunities are there. Okay. And the more realtors we know, the more opportunities we get because construction and remodeling is not going away. You know, right. we see it just a little bit tougher where people are a little bit more conscious on the pricing and the decisions that they're making. Inflation and, you know, pricing has has taken hold and, and people are starting. Now the consumer is always six months behind a lot of the professionals. Yeah. They're starting to pull back a little bit. So some of that pullback affects, you know, am I going to spend 50 grand for a bathroom or would I maybe just paint the house for 10? So that's what you see. But, you know, consumers are also impatient. So that will go away. Once we get some sort of landing, they will come back and say, you know, give me the top of the line stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the cyclical nature of the real estate market that we play mm -hmm. in anyway. Yep. Yep. It is definitely cyclical. I mean, uh, I remember my first house, my interest rate was the, the house we talked about. It was seven and a half percent. And when rates went down to six and a half percent and I refinanced, I thought I had just landed on the moon. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got a rate below seven holy smokes this is amazing you know i got i gave myself a pay raise right <laughs> so it's all perspective it's a cyclical market i do want to talk more about how your franchise works because i gotta think that there's people here that you know home renovation i think is one of those things that a lot of people dream of i think they think it's it can be fun and particularly if you're a creative person but you know, maybe they've thought about getting into that business, but they're like, I'm not a designer. I don't know how to, I don't know how to renovate a house. Right. And I'm guessing that a lot of your franchise owners come in with no construction experience. Would you say that is true? Uh, it's a mix. We have some people that definitely do not have construction experience. In fact, my number one franchisee, uh, she had no construction experience, um, but she was, she's a master at networking and that was how okay. she generated her business and she's learned and she's brought in professionals to help her along the way. Um, but we have some people that do have construction experience and they also do very well. If you understand construction and can sell construction, that can help you start faster. So it's definitely okay. a mix of, you know, all of the above. I think what people do have that's, that's, um, pretty consistent is they all love real estate. They love construction. They love design. So like that passion has to be there. I think that 
you know, uh, what we do is what they do on TV, but we do it in real life. What actually they do on TV is actually fake. Um, we actually, I know for real. Uh, so people, yeah. people enjoy that, that we, you know, you can actually do what you do on TV. That's, that's our business model, right? So yeah. that's what we yeah. do. So anyway, it's a mix between people who understand and, and but people who are passionate is the most important. Yeah. I guess HGTV is probably a big ally for you guys. I mean, we, it's our guilty pleasure whenever we travel, my wife and I, if we've got, because we don't really do cable, we haven't done cable since we were parents, but if we have cable in a hotel room, we'll watch HGTV, you yeah. know, and even as a family, it's a lot of fun, right? Right. Uh, watching those houses get transformed, knowing it's dramatized, but being like, hey, that's something I could really do for people. I think that would be really, really rewarding, too, if somebody's listening and they like to see the difference that they make in somebody's life, like a physical affirmation of what you did because you're going to have a piece of real estate that started out in one state and then you've got this completed project in the other state so if you're somebody who's listening who gets a lot of reward out of before after type of stuff and you're looking for a business opportunity this would be one of those that would be probably pretty rewarding for that type of person who responds to that i've noticed that you guys also have a relationship or have in-house or somehow you have financing available um, to kind of help you it looks like through uh, a banking partner, which is smart, Correct. to really help uh, overcome objections for your franchisees who you know maybe come to somebody who needs a little bit of money, maybe even just short term for that transaction, right? Correct. Yep. To get the deal, get the deal closed on the market for three, four months, whatever the period of time is. Yep. Um, so that's really cool. Yep. What other things have you done within your business to help? Because um, because I assume you know while you're still a third of the price, you know, uh, when I'm coming to sell my house. <laughs> particularly thinking about selling, one of the last things you want to do is spend a bunch of money, but your real estate agent will probably say, hey, we need to make this current because you're going to get twice as much return on your investment that you you, you put in you know put in place right now. Are you seeing, um, are you guys seeing that as like a barrier for people or are people generally like, hey, I get it. I trust my real estate agent. We're going to do this renovation stuff because we we know that a, a cleaner, more updated house will yield a higher price. Like, is that is that something that people have to overcome? Your franchisees have to overcome? Yeah, without question. I mean, the, the, you know, look, the hardest part in what we do is the sales and networking part, right? Like yeah. we, we're, education. We're, we're education, sales, networking. You have to go make great relationships with realtors. Realtors have to trust you. You know, your earlier question was, well, do, do their clients trust the realtors? The answer is most of the time, yes, not always. Yeah. There's never an always yes. You know, sure. most people hire a realtor for who they know and, you know, their, their level of expertise. And so the really good realtors that we work with will sit down, talk with the client. And, and I've even heard realtors when they're on listing appointments say, hey, look, if you don't make these updates and you don't bring your house up to market, I'm not even going to represent you. Because oh, it absolutely. takes no time because I don't think we're going to sell it, you know. And But yep. some realtors that will sit at the kitchen table and tell the clients whatever they want to hear just to collect a listing and they know they're never going to sell it. But the really good realtors that know us, you know, they will say, look, you're going to update your house. And by the way, I have the perfect partner. That's why you're going to use me. We're going to bring in renovation sales. They have a financing program that can give you money to do this work that you don't have to pay it back until after after the house is closed. And that's really where the value of that realtor happens, right? So yep. the, the, the homeowners do trust the realtor in terms of what the realtor says. And, and those are the realtors we're trying to connect with. Yeah, I wish I would have had you in our back pocket back, you know, when, when we were selling houses in the late 90s, or uh, I guess late 90s, last time I sold real estate. 
but it was kind of fractured, you know, meaning, hey, I had a cabinet guy that could renovate the cabinets. I had, you know, my roofing guy, but I couldn't call like a single source to just be like, hey, let's get this thing updated. You know, I didn't have that resource. Guys like you and your business weren't around back back then. So it's really cool that for the real estate agents, you know, real estate agents like to have their core uh, stable of partners that they trust to work on their their buyers and sellers properties. And it's cool that you're able to fill that gap from a renovation perspective. Um, Because, yeah, that's something that was a gap. At least back when I was selling. We're stuff. one of the few. We were the creators of the pre-sale renovation market. There, and there's only, oh, really? there's only a handful of companies uh, that do uh, pre-sale renovations. There are about four or five of us. We're the only franchise company that does pre-sale renovations. And we are the largest by locations with 45 uh, across the country. So um, it's a relatively new model. Uh, and there's only yeah. a handful of us that specialize in this cosmetic updates uh, that we do. You're a purple cow. <laughs> What's a purple Have you ever... So uh, one of the world's most, I I would say, prolific marketers, uh, Seth Godin is his name. Um, He wrote a book called Purple Cow in the early 2000s. It's about marketing. It's about marketing. Uh, it's It's not necessarily about marketing. It's about building a business that's so remarkable that people talk about it. It's a purple cow, something you don't see every day. It's about, you know, sometimes creating a new category of business, right? Being, being remarkable, being remarkable. And you're remarkable by coming in and addressing an unmet need and then going out and blowing it out and, and making it a national business and sharing it with other entrepreneurs. It's a purple cow. You're the first one. So I'll what's your best move? I'll take, the, get- I'll, I'll take the purple cow a designation. What I also, what I, also I don't know if I'm going to move for you, but what I also, uh, what I also heard one time, and, and this is cliche, but people, you know, people always say, find your niche. And it took us a long time to find our niche. Like you have to really understand a market, understand all the dynamics of a market, be in a particular market, and then figure out what the angle is, right? Yeah. And, and I'll wrap that up with a little bow, is I heard someone who was pitching, you know, businesses on what's called a franchise sales FSO, who, who pitches to the brokers, and, mm-hmm. and she stood up, and I'll, I'll never forget it, and she was like, the riches are in the niche. Are in the bit, uh, the in, riches are in the... The riches are in the niches, bitches is actually well, how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's right. You said that. But the riches are yeah, in the I said it. My show, I get to say it. Your show, you said it. The riches are in the niches. And it's, it's so Yeah, it's simple. true, though. It's so simple to say. and But like our niche is pre-sale cosmetic renovation. That's what we do yeah. really well. There's not many people that do it. You know, and and there's all kinds of niches out there. You just have to find what that niche is and then do really well at it. And I think you have to you know, be unafraid to not come off of your niche, right? Like, because people are going to say, yeah. well, why aren't you building that million dollar spec home? Or why aren't you taking on that $500,000 addition? You know what? I'd rather take a $30,000 facelift project over that. And and so you, you, you've got to get really serious about your niche and then get really good at that. And then that's how yeah. the riches are in the niches. That brings me to a good question because we know that franchise owners... They're entrepreneurs. Like, as a matter of fact, as a franchisor, one of the hardest jobs you can sign up for, in my opinion, is being a franchisor. Because imagine that you get a bunch of people who are entrepreneurs and then you make them color inside the lines. You're like, hey, here's the box. Don't go outside the box. They always go outside the box one way or another. And that's good. Sometimes going outside the box causes innovation and can improve your franchise system, right? But do you hear feedback from some franchisees that hey there's lost opportunities because hey i got this big deal can we just do this big can we just do this big one or do they mostly stay in their lane 
and not get distracted by bigger opportunities that may be available and presented to them? I think uh, distraction in any business is, is natural and real. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, if you're running a business and any, you're going to get opportunity that may not fit your model. You know, I mm -hmm. think something that we do is just is educate and talk to them about And look, I'm someone that's been distracted. You know, I'm just such a, I've just, everything I've learned, I've learned by mistake. I made the mistake <laughs> and then I learned it. And, and part of a mistake I learned in the early 2012 was you can't develop buildings, flip houses and run a good general contracting company all at one time. Now, maybe some people can. It's just hard. It was too distracted. And each one of those segments is its own business and should be focused on. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's more of the education that we start off early with training. When they come in town, we have a really robust training program, firsthand knowledge. A lot of people are very knowledgeable in our field that work with our company. And it's saying, this is our model. This is what we're good at. You are going to hear distractions. We need you to, you know, really evaluate those distractions and, and determine if, if that's something you want to do. So yeah. I think people in our system are fairly good at, at staying within the lines um, because we teach what that distraction is. Um, on the inverse, now I'll talk out the other side of my mouth, is I want to hear about new opportunities. You know, I want yeah. you to take my business and run it better than me and tell me things I never thought of. And now, so look, I welcome feedback. So people may call me and say, Mike, I thought of this. I think we should do this. Great. Let's, let's try it out and let's see what that looks like. So there's a balance of both, uh, definitely. How do you innovate and grow without, you know, stretching the boundary, going outside yeah. of the niche that you're in? Yeah, I think that's always like, I think that's always the entrepreneur's challenge, you know, because, because we are visionaries, we'll see cool things. A lot of times we're service-minded people. We like to please others, including ourselves, and um, staying focused while also keeping an open mind is probably one of the biggest challenges. But, and I will, you know, maybe wrap on this, is the fact that some of the best ideas in franchise systems come from franchisees. Yeah. You can go back and you, you can look at the founder, the movie uh, with Michael Keaton about McDonald's and the milkshakes. You can go look at my last company where uh, one of the suggestions from a franchisee caused us to build a division that ended up being 25% of our royalty revenue. Like some of these ideas, you know, your, your responsibility as a franchisor is to listen you don't have to implement every single thing that your franchisees bring to the table, but they are smart people when they have ideas and they're valuable. And uh, I think the minute that, that you close your ears and eyes to their ideas is the minute that you stop being of service to them. And yeah, you should probably just hang up your, no, hang up your towel. And, and you shouldn't, <laughs> and you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, stamp out, you know, ideas and entrepreneurship. I mean, that's what we're all yeah. here for. So everybody yeah. approaches it with a different skill, with a different background, with a different history. Yeah. And their ideas around what we're doing, you know, are, are all different. And so we welcome mm -hmm. change. We welcome innovation. We want to hear about new ideas that we've never thought about. And, and you know, it's our job as a franchisor to sift through those ideas and determine, okay, what do we think is the best path forward? You know, that's literally my job. What are we, what are the initiatives? And then what are the, what's the best path forward? What are we going to work on first, second, and third? But a lot of that innovation and those ideas do come from listening to our existing franchisees, our partners, to determine what, what they see and hear. Cause I'm not in the field any day, every day anymore. So like, right. And the markets shift and they change. So what, what do we need to do to stay current? And we get a lot of that from our existing franchisees. 
Beautiful. If people want to learn more about your organization, maybe we've got somebody who's interested in franchising with you or they're a homeowner who's thinking about, you know, listing their house and they're yeah. interested. What's the best place for them to go to uh, get some more info, Mike? Go to our website and just a shameless pitch on our side. We just rebranded. We just rolled out a beautiful new website like two weeks ago. It is absolutely it is pretty. phenomenal. It's beautiful. Uh, it really is beautiful. beautiful. I know. <laughs> so surf around on there. You can see what, what we do. And then at the bottom, there's a franchising tab that you can get in touch with inquiries uh, for us, but www.renovationcells.com, renovationcells.com. That's where you can find us. You can learn about us. You can connect with someone if you're interested in doing a project. If you're a realtor, you connect with one of our 45 franchisees, or you can get to us. If you're interested in becoming a franchisee, you can get through us through our website. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to visit with us. I always learn things on these shows. And so, uh, I definitely got a couple nuggets here and, um, I don't know. If you, do you guys have a location? Do you guys have a franchisee in Kansas City in our market? We do not, but we would love You one. do not? All right. I'll start putting on my thinking head on people that might be a good fit for Thank filling you. the gap here in the market. I've got a lot of real estate agent friends here, and I feel like we could send you a ton of business if we just had somebody we could send it to. So great. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, if you found value in today's episode, chances are you're thinking about somebody that might also enjoy it. So do me a favor and go ahead and text this episode to them right now or share it with them via email. We'd love it if you left us a review. Until next time, I'm your host, Kevin. I hope that you have a phenomenal week and be well. Hey.